And so seeing like that concept come to like life now is so exciting. I just, it's so cool. Like it's the, the positive thing that came out of America this year. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. All right, welcome everybody to Today in Space. I am Alex Rafanos, your host as always, and this week we have Julia Kaliski back on the podcast. Uh, if you go back to episode 200, you can listen to where we uh, broke down. Uh, Julia gave us a look at uh, kind of where her passions are in astronomy and art and uh, running her own business, so that's a great episode. Please, if you haven't, go back, listen to that. Uh, but, Julia, welcome back on the show. I'm so happy to be here. Um, like you said, my name is Julia. I do um, uh, artwork is my main my main focus, but a lot of it is what I do is try and communicate science through artwork, whether that's astronomy, space missions, launch vehicles, something like that. And on the sidelines, uh, I also do apart from that, I do run my own small business of incorporating my art and all of that communication so that other nerdy people can feel as cool as they really are. Um, and kind of try and share that love and passion in the community. So I have an apparel line and I do commission work. No, and thank you again for coming back on. Um, you know, we had we had so much fun last time. We had to actually just stop it because we it was going to be way too long. So um, <laughs> we had a great time talking, I felt like. And, um, you know, as from a science communication perspective, I think, I think we have a, a lot in common. And uh, one of the things that I wanted to talk about in this show was, was you know, Scientists are, are very great at being analytical and, and engineers and, and anyone else, but um, sometimes we have a hard time uh, communicating. And I think that's the area where we excel and, we, and, and sometimes can give those people kind of an outlet to, to, to maybe think about things a different way, say it a different way. Um, and so one of the things I want to touch on in a little bit is about that process. And, you know, communicating science, it's almost a different muscle than uh, actually doing the science itself. Um, mm -hmm. And I, yeah, um, but first of all, um, so you're over in the the West Coast. Um, yes. how, how are things going with all all the fires that are going on? Because I saw a map of it the other day and and a video of someone driving through that, and it's it's insane. How how are you doing over there? I'm good. Um, the closest fire for me is uh, south by I think it's 45 minutes or 30, 35, 45 minutes around there, depending on how big the fire is right now. Um, so I'm not in immediate danger when it comes to the fire. It's just um, really, really poor air quality. Um, mm. It's actually considered hazardous. I cleared up a bit today, literally only today, but we've had like a lot of ash falling um, mm. and stuff like that. So it's like it's best to wear like an N95 mask, um, not even just like what we've been wearing for all of like the COVID and everything, but like something a little harder than that to take out the carbon. Um, so it's, it's, but it's sadly, it's semi-normal for like central California area to have like a fire season. So um, it's all just like everyone kind of keeps an eye on it. And it's a little eerie feeling um, when the sky is like, red and it feels like the apocalypse is coming <laughs> yeah. but but it's uh we've learned how to like cope and live life through it um but it so it's just right now i am safe um there's no fires but it, there's a Thank lot goodness. of people being evacuated and stuff near those cities 
Yeah, and it's uh, one of the things that, that caught my attention. I, I saw some of the posts you saw online where you were actually checking out some of the aircraft that's going out to, to deal with this. So tell, tell the folks yeah. a little bit about that. Yeah, so actually California, Cal Fire is what we call it. Cal Fire is an amazing team. Um, there's each county has like different teams that go out and fight fires, but the whole um, California state has like the Cal Fire team and they're really, um, they do the, the communication between each county and the aircrafts that they have, like California has the only 747 that's been converted into like a firefighting vehicle. So they converted the entire plane into like water tanks. So it has the largest amount of capacity of holding water. And so like there is the, the aircrafts in the Cal Fire team are amazing. Like we have, <laughs> we have a sky crane helicopter, which is those that's the, if you don't, if you know a little bit about helicopter, it's it's the same thing that assembled like the Statue of Liberty or oh, wow. the the very large I don't know the specific term but like over mountain ranges those huge power lines that like skyscraper high and they just go over the ranges those are the the helicopter carries those so it's yeah. basically like this little tiny skinny waist with like a tail in a cabin and the inside is just a cavity and you counterweight it by whatever it's carrying so it can carry like a huge wow amounts of like so anyways the coming we where i live is kind of like the larger city of northern california so we get a lot of the cal fire aircrafts coming through here to like refuel and everything so it's mm. like been crazy the airspace even though there's been a lot of like restrictions for smaller aircrafts because you the smoke right. but you see a lot of like there's converted u.s marine planes there's a lot of different so it's like the cal fire team is incredible what they do is mind-blowing in my sense because i love aviation and like knowing like they literally fly into these conditions where like the updrafts from like the fire because mm. it's creating like the heat waves and everything like flying into those things along with like the extreme smoke and carbon in the engines like all of that stuff like you're flying instrument panel but your instruments are reading completely wrong because it's going by like wind and heat and all these things and all of that's being thrown off by the fire so like the skill and the machinery of the team is absolutely mind-blowing so i'll give props to the cal fire team everyone loves them here <laughs> yeah i they, what they what they have to do and what they have to go into is just insane and and you know i I should have known that, but I, you know, it's funny. You just uh, kick kick my brain. I'm like, yeah, the the thermal dif like differential that's going to cause the airflow to move, which is what causes the weather to happen in the first place. Yeah. Um, that's that's uh, a whole other factor. There's this weird phenomenon that's happened last the past couple of years, and it um is what we call uh, fire tornadoes, and it's actually where you have the fire is large enough. To, I, it, I'm not joking. It is. You can, I saw a post you, about this. Yes, if you, I, two years ago, a fire came through my city, and as I was evacuating, you could see the tornado over the mountain range. It was like oh terrifying. But what happens is the fire becomes large enough over like hundreds of thousands of acres that it starts creating its own weather pattern inside of its ecosystem. And so because it's holding the heat down and the pressure from above and everything, it starts creating like this vortex wind because the pressure system can't let the oh heat out. God. And so you start getting these tornadoes and these large combustions and it just like literally picks up and throws. So like they are flying into that kind of stuff. <laughs> I don't even. Jeez. <laughs> I mean, so... if, if you're a thrill seeker, I'm sure that's probably <laughs> exciting, but damn, that is so uh, wild. Who would have expected yeah. fire tornadoes? Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyways. Um, so... 
what um so out there in California because I'm I'm completely I mean we have terrible winters and and we've got to deal with weather that can change at an instant over here in New England but um is there a like an alert system set up is it like what how do you even keep track of that is it, is it just Twitter and and things like that <laughs> no there so there's a few ways that there's systems to alert fight people when living like we live in a central to northern California is a desert. Um, and so everyone who kind of lives there knows like the summer, we don't literally, we don't get rain. We only get rain for a few months in the winter. And so you, you know that there's fire season, but then there's also like restrictions and it'll go into the news and stuff like that. Like you can't camp with fires. You can't do certain things. You can't drive off road, all the things that might start a fire. Um, and so there's like that. And then when like severe weather, cause some days it'll peak really, really, really dry. The humidity mm. drops super low and it gets hot. And uh, there will be like alerts on like Apple and Android, you know how like Amber alerts and stuff will pop up. The same thing yeah. will happen saying like, it's a high hazard day, like stay out, the parks are oh. closed or stuff like that happens. And then when it's, when it's an actual fire, that's like impeding upon the community. Um, that's a little harder because the fires are extremely unpredictable. Mm. And so you, there's no way they really, it, they change direction with the wind. And so right. one day, one day it could be going south and the next day it could literally turn and go straight to the city. So it's hard to like yeah. have a no, notification system for that. So you have to watch the news, Twitter, um, all that kind of stuff. And when it comes to like actual evacuations that are posted, uh, depending on like the degree of the evacuation, um, there will be in the news, uh, on the radio, um, if it's like an immediate requirement, like you have to leave now, they will call phone by phone, each house, landlines, they'll even go door to door, depending on the degree of the evacuation. Right. That's insane. Um... Wow, uh, it's it's amazing that in the, you know in the same country, just on the other coast, this is just a completely different situation that you have to deal with. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, and and just to, to dive into this, not that this is news to anybody, but uh, we're we're still in lockdown. I mean, we're still this the the pandemic still has not gone. It's still an issue that we're all dealing with. Um, so uh, the 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 big thing about that has just been like this existential stress that's a on everybody all the time. Like I was talking to him the other day and I was just like, yeah, I just like felt like I was stressed for no reason. Like there really wasn't a reason. I couldn't think of a reason that I should be stressed um, because we're all kind of adjusted to this new normal. Like it's like, it's just another day. Um, and it's definitely like uh, one, of the, one of the things we wanted to talk about was about you know dealing with this and then also like, um, creativity and you know how do you how do you get yourself in a place where you can still do that um, you know uh, we talked about this in the podcast two episodes ago I had to take a week off just because I wasn't feeling well and just everything got way too much it just overloaded um, and I'm really glad that I did like I'm now I'm, I'm two weeks three weeks in and I feel refreshed um, and, and I know you were talking a little bit online, uh, about kind of having this, uh, block in, in, in creativity and just, you know, just feeling like, you know, everything's, there's a lot, but I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but, um, yeah, it's for me, I definitely feel the same thing that you're describing. I mean, um, I think that the beginning of like the lockdown, I felt like super inspired and empowered. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was because I felt like, oh my God, I have like, I have time away from like 
the job and away from all my other like time consuming things that aren't really targeted to my goals but I need to do them. I'm like, all of those are kind of like paused. And now I have like this, all this time to fill to like spur myself forward. And I like went into this huge, like catapulting, uh, you know, like I was streaming. I was, I was doing all of this stuff. And then, um, I kind of got to this point. I, I plateaued out. I was like, found like sure. a rhythm. I found Same. a rhythm. And, and then I kind of found like here in California, I don't like know the exact situation for your new England and, it's literally different in every single, every person for every person, wherever you live, county, state, country. Um, but for he us here, we're semi lockdown. Um, so a lot of the businesses have opened again um, and running like my day job is open. So I go out back to work every day. Um, yep. But obviously, like I'm still wearing masks, I'm still washing my hands, there's still social distancing and all of that. We have limited hours, mm -hmm. everything like that. The conditions have completely changed. Um, and I, I would say along with that, there's also been like a somewhat of an unrest and uneasiness. And you can definitely feel it um, in at least my city. Um, oh, it's uh, same here. Yeah, it, there's like yeah. this po both political and emotional and all of this different stuff. And you can literally feel the tension. And it's weird, I think right? it, it's really weird. And yeah. especially like I'm out interacting with people. Um, and so it's, it's really weird to hear like other people's viewpoints and thoughts about what's going on. Um, and I think with all of that leading up to like my emotional state, I got to this point that I was just so overwhelmed with trying to balance my creative, like nourish that creative child inside of me. Mm -hmm. along with having like this really dark environment because you're trying to stay positive and find like all of this good out of it and it's it's was for me became extremely overwhelming to try and push through and get up the next day and be positive every single True. day and even when i have like really like positive people around me like my close-knit people it still was really hard to feel what i would say is i've tried to pin point it and I'd say it's like a feeling of um almost uselessness like mm. what tangible difference is any of this making like if I I hear a lot of actually other people talk to this because I've reached out to other people and it's like all the little things that we're trying I've talked to teachers I've talked to artists I've talked to other scientists and stuff like that and they all feel like any impact that I'm making is so minuscule to what actually needs to be done. And then there's so much diversion between every single segregated group and community that it's hard to really make an like a impact if mm -hmm. everyone's arguing with each other. And so yep. I, I feel like I think that was part of me is like I felt like, what, what am I even doing? Like, why, mm. why am I doing this except for filling a void of space and time? Like, beside that, like, where forward movement? And at the same time, with that emotional feeling, I kind of felt like I had all these goals and plans. And I know, like, literally everyone feels like this. I had all these goals and plans, and all of this has been stopped. And my whole, like, plan for this year and next year and all that has, mm. like, changed. And... So like, I think all that unrest and for me was really, I still am struggling with, like I hit personally a huge art block. I can't, like I've, I've never hit 
an artist's block before. It's always yeah. been like how I get through my emotions is I better I'm I draw or I paint. Like I that makes me process things. And it's yep. been like reversed for me this way. And it's like weird because I don't know how to process things in reverse. Like how do I process right. things without this art? And yet when I do sit down to make art, like it's just feels so foreign i don't know it's it's so it's like this weird and i'm trying to just ride the wave saying mm -hmm. that like this is we don't even know how to emotionally handle something like this yeah. especially as like one an artist's perspective of trying to be creative and like interpret the world and maybe it, i don't know how to interpret it so maybe that's why i can't process it i don't know at the same time how like am i supposed to like give to other people i don't know it's like this weird no i i so <laughs> i i 100 agree um i mean i i literally got to the point where i was doing so many things that i had so many projects half done that i just just like okay like uh i guess i'll start doing these and like i still haven't even gone back to start working on them and and just to for everyone that's listening or watching uh, just some context not the reason i'm bringing this up and the reason why we're talking about this is really to to kind of take a scientific approach to this and kind of identify the problem, right? That's kind of the first thing. First thing you do with a, is a with a scientific thing is like you notice something, you go, "Oh, that's interesting." Mm -hmm. um, I think we're all dealing with the same exact thing. Um, I know from talking about it on the podcast two weeks ago, um, I had many people reach out and actually say, "Hey, man, like, first of all." How how are you? I hope you're doing well. Like I hope everything's okay. Which wasn't really the intent of me talking about it. Like I, I'm doing okay, but it was. I'm also going through my own stuff right now, and 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 I, it, it was really just to be like, yeah, like I I am a very optimistic person, but yeah, I hit I hit lows. I hit I get to a point where yeah, I gotta take a break. Um, and and the one thing that keeps playing in my. Uh, brain is something I heard on uh, Joe Rogan's podcast, not to be super basic and, and talk about Joe Rogan here, but um, because I, I do listen to him a lot. Uh, he, he was talking about, someone was on, I don't, know, I don't remember if it was him or somebody else, but they're talking about uh, Paul Mooney. And he said something that uh, I heard them talk about. So, of course, third person here, but um, that he needs to get entertained, and I'm paraphrasing, but he needs to get entertained so that he can entertain. And mm -hmm. I think there's something to that, and, that, and I've, I've used that as a tool um, for a really long time, uh, since I've heard it, probably two, three years at this point, where, you know, I'll need to, you know, I've been posting a lot about this on Instagram about, like, Star Trek. Like, I'm watching a lot of Star Trek lately because that sci-fi and just that thinking and, like, just having fun and enjoying myself, getting entertained, refuels my tank so that I can then come on here and do that other stuff. And... And, uh, you know, every person's different. And, and sometimes that, that thing that you thought was going to work doesn't work. But um, that's, that's been a tool that, I, that I've been using um, a lot. Um, is, is there, have you been playing around with different things to try and get you out? I mean, riding the wave, I think, is a, is a really apt way to put it. Because honestly, especially with everything that's happening, and we're not going to talk about it anything any after this, but with the election coming up, things are only going to get even crazier. Um, so yeah, I guess as, as anything that you've been playing with starting to work? Yeah. Well, I, I found a few things that I, I don't know if I'd say they work, but it's sure. what I've been kind of going to. And 
going back to what you said about like looking at it from a scientific standpoint, like I think I struggle with it because like I'm analyzing it with my analytical side. Like mm. I analyze everything, processing mm. everything, and I can't really identify the problem beside the obvious. Like it's so obvious that there's got to be like a deeper root issue between the psychology of it because mm. yeah, we could say the pandemic's happening, our job has changed, you know, the pyramid of survival. You need food, housing, and safety. If those things are threatened, you can't go above those levels. And yep. we're in a constant state of feeling those the majority of the people, I should say, right now, are feeling those three things threatened. So it's hard mm. to raise above those. So I'm trying to process in that sense, like a huge uh, like exercise you could say that I do that's helped me is like I try to, I'm a very visual person, so I try to mm -hmm. visually remove myself in this situation. Like what would it look like? I was watching a TV show and that narrator, like, you know, the scene pauses and the narrator says, how did I get to here today? This is the backstory. And they kind of like rewind. Yeah. I kind of like do that process in my head. Mm. So I remove myself in the situation. I'll try and look at it third person. And I'm like, yeah, there's all of this stuff happening, but like there's got to be like some root cause. Mm. And so like, what is it triggering in us as people especially me that like, and it's pushing like, obviously all these certain bu buttons for us. Right. Um, and so to like counteract that, like I found that like putting enough video games have been my escape. Yes. I have played more video games right now than I have, <laughs> period. <laughs> what, um, what are you playing now? <laughs> like for me, I would say what's so funny is like Minecraft is mm. like the new, I recently discovered it, even though it's like a really like, it's been around for ages and ages, mm -hmm. but like I've discovered that one, I'm like a hyperactive person and I'm very like ADHD. So I get mm -hmm. distracted very easily. And so it's hard to like lose my mind from the stress. Um, and so I found that like, but playing, like I used to play a lot of like FPS games and a lot of like mm -hmm. high action, like intense cause it distracts me, but those just like add to my stress level. And I get Jeez. off and I'm like, <laughs> totally. <laughs> so I found like, I'll play those for a little bit. And then I'm like, I just really, really, really want to chill. Like I just mm. want to chill. And so like, I found that like Minecraft for some reason, I get completely absorbed and I feel like I'm in this world that is an controlled environment. And right. I think that's why I like it because I've thought mm. through this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, it's, <laughs> it's a completely controlled environment. You, you hold all the cards, basically. Mm. Like, you know what's going on. You have, like, everything. There's no real curveball to it. So it's like, I, it's that stability. And so sure. I think that's, for me, like, part of it. And it helps me with my anxiety and my stress that I have just in my day to day. And because I find that like the little things that used to not get to me are now like huge because mm -hmm. I have everything else that's stressing. And so it's like that straw on the camel's back feeling. And so it's helped. Um, also like just, I've had like a few friends who I'm just extremely vulnerable with because I felt like very isolated. Mm -hmm. Um, in this environment and so um i just say like hey i'm not i'm literally not having a good day right now i'm not having a good brain yeah. day <laughs> yeah and, oh, and <laughs> I'm, so glad you said it. I'm sorry that you're going through that but i'm glad that you said it yeah it's, it's just it's true we, we do and and i think we guilt ourselves too i've heard a lot of ex more more i've heard more scientists 
analytical brains and I have artistic brains guilt themselves for having, I, th- I think bad brain day is a fun way to put it because yeah. it's, you, it could be super negative, but like we guilt ourselves for that because it's like, I have no reason. Like you said, there's no reason why I should be sad today. There's no reason I should be depressed or have anxiety. I can't put my finger on it. Like there's nothing. So we guilt, I've seen more people, scientists, guilt themselves for like, I should, there's no reason, there's no evidence, there's no anything, like, I'm fine, but I'm not. And it's like this, (laughs) and so I think you have to kind of accept, hey, it's okay to not, there's this, sorry, side note, there's this, I've I've heard this artist give this quote, and I kind of hung on to it. He was a, he said, he says, I'm an optimist, which I consider myself an optimist, like you said. Mm Mm-hmm. Being an optimist doesn't mean you're happy every day. Yeah. You can be a very sad optimist. Mm-hmm. And I kind of hung on to that because I'm like, this means that, like, doesn't mean that you're a bad person. It doesn't mean that you don't believe in the good in the world. It doesn't mean that you don't see positivity or any of this stuff. Sometimes you literally have to sigh, stare out the window, and let your brain just... <laughs> yep. And then tomorrow, you know what? Maybe tomorrow won't be better, but you have to not stress yourself. I'm going to be better tomorrow. Because the more anxiety and stress you put on yourself, the harder it is. Some days are really hard. Some days it's harder to get out of bed and go to work and feed Mm -hmm. yourself than it Mm -hmm. is other days. And you just, you can't put that extra stress on yourself. The entire world is stressing you, saying you should be doing this. You you have a million people who are going to... 100% 100% dump negativity on you. Mm-hmm. That sounds super negative saying that, but you have to be that one cheerleader. You have to be that positive person in yourself. And, and even if that includes saying, it's okay not to be happy today. Yeah. Oh, no. So I, I'm really glad you said that. And um, for, so going back to when I had to take a break, uh, I had to take a week off of this. Um, that was just because I was going through a lot of stuff like and 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 I literally felt that I felt like the you know the world's on my shoulders and there's so many things and, I, and that you mentioned the I got to be ready for tomorrow I got to be good to go but what I had to remind myself was okay but what about next week what about next month like the thing that's trying to that's forcing me to think about tomorrow being the most important thing is the thing that's going to prevent me from getting a week from now a month from now and that was such a, and I had to get to the point where I had a really low day to, you know, and, and was sick and was just like, no, I, I literally can't do anymore. And that's been like almost a, like a line that's been crossed with this last, with everything that's going on. Like the, the only, and I'm not saying this is a good thing, but from an observational standpoint, it's a good thing that everyone is dealing with a heavy amount of shit right now to, to be completely blunt about it. So it, it kind of gives me an excuse to be like, okay, I guess I'm just not doing that today. Or I guess, I guess I'm just, you know, sitting down today. I guess I'm just, you know, <laughs> relaxing. Cause, um, and you know, it's something that, that uh, I'm really glad we're talking about this, especially for the scientific community. I do not hear us as a community talking about taking care of yourself we're all so and and this might be where we're putting the pressure on ourselves of you know i've got to make sure that I, oh i can't have a bad brain day or whatever because we rely on that so much but there's i mean you you 
if you look at a, a, gr a group of engineers, a group of scientists, and you look at what they eat, and you look at how they treat their bodies, it is not good. <laughs> it, we're being completely honest here. It's not good. Um, you know, the energy drinks, the caffeine, the sugar. I mean, that's literally, if you're going to put a menu for, for nerds and scientists, gamers. I mean, it, it really, like, it's terrible. It's terrible. And, it like, if we could just be brains in a robot body, we would all love our. We would be so much better off, but we're not. And we're getting closer, because I just watched that Neuralink presentation with, uh, with Elon. So we're getting closer, but we're not there yet. So it's, it's like... That balance of taking care of your body and so that your brain can then work like we the people that use their brain so much we're doing you know full-blown workouts with our brain like you would do with your body but we're not doing the other half and, and so much of that I mean think about just our environments right especially from science community and gaming community we're sitting down way more than we even used to so yes. you're, you know, I'm spending way more time stretching and trying to get the blood pumping to try and get my body to work. You know, I, I found out that I'm allergic to dairy and gluten, so I don't eat that at all anymore. I know it's a lot, believe me. Um, but once you adjust <laughs> to it, you know, all the best things, but once you adjust to it, you know, my body feels a ton better. So like, that's something I have to do, but it does make me feel better. It does allow my brain to work a little bit better. Um, and I mean, I definitely have seen a correlation with when I eat poorly, then my brain doesn't work as well. I start having those, you know, bad days, bad brain days. Um, so I, I wanted to, to, so thank you first for sharing all of that and, and talking about it because it's, there is a strength in talking about the fact that we don't have an answer. Like, like that's, that's okay. Like, like, yeah. It's part of the scientific, like, why can't we, why can we be so scientific in our approach for things that we're trying to solve? But when it comes to ourselves, we don't do that, you know? Yeah. So, and we will find an answer. That's the thing. Mm -hmm. Like there is that, that, that it, there's a pot I can't speak 100%. We will find an answer. That's just the scientific community. We will, mm -hmm. whether it's between, uh, like diet and the word, <laughs> my brain's gone. <laughs> <laughs> people who study diet oh, like nutrition or dietitians yes yeah they will they'll find it um psychologists will find it uh there's gonna be all these different people who find like this is this is how we adapt and they're gonna start it will happen it's just we have to sit in that moment if we don't know what it is but we've identified the problem and mm. i found I'm, you said this and so like, i'll join in on that and that yes like the diet is a huge problem um and i found that like eating very unhealthy <laughs> oh, I do and so I'm tr I try to counterbalance it with like good food mm. and like when I say good food like we all have different availabilities kinds of food and so finding what's right for your body like you were saying like no oh that sucks no dairy <laughs> no food and that's I'm sorry um, but <laughs> I but, will say just real quick the the one thing that was has been a lifesaver during this pandemic is I found out that Cabot cheeses, especially the hard cheeses like cheddars and stuff like that, are naturally lactose free. I can have real cheese and not have to worry about the thing that I'm allergic to. So that that's, that's, that's awesome. Amazing. Okay, yeah. okay, that's <laughs> perfect. <laughs> um, so like for me, I found like for my. I'll feel my just anxiety or my sadness kick in. And I know that like my body has 
like naturally not healthy, but I naturally don't process certain vitamins and minerals in my body. I just don't. Mm-hmm. And so I realize, you know, I, I feel like you're like treading water. Like I feel this hitting me. I better go mm-hmm. take my iron. I have to take vitamin B. I have to go pump C in me, all this mm-hmm. stuff. And then like, I know that this just counteracted a bad day because we have to pay attention to our bodies. A lot yeah. of times, like I, I think it's funny. Scientists don't. And mm-hmm. I feel like we should this is quite the obvious thing like of anybody we should understand the importance of it Mm -hmm. Um, but i don't know why honestly but maybe i think it's we get so wrapped up and in a thought we don't even think about food and water and we just say convenience maybe i think that's probably it but um so yeah, you have to find, like, I found ginseng was a huge thing, because mm. I can't process caffeine very well, so I was trying to, like, get off of, uh, like, the caffeine that I was drinking. I don't drink very much, yeah. but I still can't process it very well, so ginseng, like, you have to find things that help through this time, mm-hmm. and just go with that. No, that's great. That's a great point. Um, I mean, I stopped drinking coffee for a while, and it ended up being, like like you mentioned, like it was a nutrient deficiency thing. Like I, I just had eaten so terrible for such a long time, I finally got blood tests done and found out that I had like almost oh, super low levels of vitamin D, super low levels of vitamin C, like all the things that you need. And of course, all the things that, you know, people that work at a desk or in a lab all day long, no sun, you know, those types of things. Like you need to make sure that you're doing it. Now, it's not... Uh, necessarily available for everyone to do that kind of thing. So I, I totally understand yeah. if you don't have the money or the resources to do that. And believe me, like getting that one test was such a struggle. I had to go outside <laughs> of the system to pay extra to do that. Um, so like I totally like I I get that. Um, but the the caffeine thing, like that's something I think so so many engineers and scientists and gaming like caffeine's in everything that we that we ingest when we're gaming or doing whatever. Um, and the big thing that I've had to trick myself into doing, which is when I start feeling tired, I naturally reach for more caffeine. When in reality, if I just had another drink of water, like another you know glass of water, like it actually gives me more. And like it's and it's just something you get tripped up on because we're human beings, and you know our brains will trick us into doing whatever whatever it wants to. Um, but like that, it's, it's simple stuff like that, that that can really make a big difference. And I'll, and I'll say one last thing. And that is sleep. Like I am the last person to talk about that because I am the worst person at sleeping, but it makes the world of a difference when you actually do get sleep. And I'll find that a lot of times, like on my hard days, I'll make it through the day and I'll just think, you know what, tonight I just need, I need sleep. I need good food and just put it on my brain and then deal with tomorrow. And if I get like a good amount of sleep, which is super hard for me, it's, it makes a world of a difference. And I feel like, especially, and I'll talk about this, especially during like the lockdown and the pandemic, I saw everyone saying like, my sleep schedule is so messed up and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, because like we had no like real time constraint. So we didn't have to like have a schedule. And for mm-hmm. me, like the way my brain works, my whole body is like, I don't like sleep my sleep cycle is so different. So for me, like having like a nine to five job actually wears me out a lot because like 
I'm not tired, like I'm awake more, so I'm forcing myself to sleep at certain periods so that I can uh. function in our day-to-day -day world. So what ends up happening is I don't sleep and I crash. Yep. I'll sleep for a day and then I'll go again, like, you know, on two to four hours of sleep. And so, like, but I found that, like, as hard as it is, if I force myself just, like, just not even fall asleep, but just rest, lay there, yeah. you know, and maybe YouTube videos, maybe, like, just shut everything off. Like, mm. stop working. Stop thinking about brain, brain stuff. Yeah. Don't problem solve. Don't start making notes. Don't start doing, yep. like, don't, you know, just shut it off. It makes a huge difference. And so these little things can add a lot. And you do what you can, and then the rest of it, you we, we figure out as time goes by. Yep. No, 100%. Um, that, that one thing, because, uh, you know, the more I've learned about the brain, the more I've learned about myself, I've realized that I most likely was undiagnosed with ADHD, which is whatever. Um, now I understand <laughs> how, my, how my brain works a little bit more. And I can fixate on something, you know, and, and we're all on the spectrum, so who knows, but um, I can definitely fixate on something, which, which is a really strong skill, but it also, when you've got something in your head, oh man, that is the toughest thing. And the thing that's been really useful has been uh, uh, meditation. And I, I did this last time, but I'll, I'll put the links in this, this week's episode, but um, really simple 10, 15 minute thing um, that you can do. And, and, to be completely honest, there are some days when I really need it. It's the it's the time that I can't do it very well, and like I, I'll spend that entire ten minutes just trying to get <laughs> thoughts out. But the second time I do it, it's a little bit better. Then the third time, I'm like, okay, finally getting that release of just thinking about nothing, which is sometimes really hard to do. But just putting yourself through those steps of like, and it's not instant gratification, which is why it's so hard. But um, like that stuff really does make a difference. Yeah, I I'll use this moment to say a little thing that's been like kind of growing in my conscious, especially for younger people, um, because I look a lot younger than I am, <laughs> and so I've gone through the school system and having to deal with all of that, being like undiagnosed ADHD. But it's obvious, like I as an adult, I look back I'm like one hundred percent, like, and mm -hmm. so I and and. And so with all of that, it's just, it's not a biggest pet peeve. People call it a deficiency. Mm. People, people call dyslexia a disability. And it, the best way, because I've been trying to put this into words so that I can say it to other people, is that like, it's not a disability or a disadvantage, any of these things. Mm -hmm. It's just you are different than the majority of the public. So if you yeah. are ADHD, you are dyslexic, you're any of these things, think of it this way. And the best way I can describe it to someone who's not these things is that like, the majority of the world is right-handed. Everything is created. The doors, scissors, computers, mice, everything is made for right-handed people. And that mm -hmm. makes left-handed people who are completely normal, you have a harder time to use things. They have to go out, they have to find ways to adapt to their environment. And yep. that's just how it is. So when you process information, it is literally the same way. The majority of people read a specific way. 
our, their brains process music. Some people are visual, some people audio. It's the exact same way that we process information. It's just a different way than the majority. And I hear nearly every day, it's a disability or a disadvantage. And that's not true. It's mm. literally just different. It's like someone giving you a pair of right-handed scissors or right. anything like that. And you have to learn to work with it. And it's like, if you're just given or create the right environment for yourself, things are easy. So like for me, yeah, like I'm sitting here like fidgeting with stuff because I've learned. Up, up, yeah, I'm grabbing my arm. <laughs> I'm talking. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> I, I've learned that like these things, as much as people make fun of or bully or say it's stupid or all this stuff, they literally help me process information. I am able to hold a conversation and focus with you and try my mm -hmm. best to stay on topic. Mm -hmm by doing something with my hands yeah. and that's just because we process information differently yep yep and and so there's there's two things i wanted to touch on that the first thing is i totally i'm totally there with you like i fiddle with things like literally i did an experiment uh is it two years ago now where um i i tried different types of uh things there's a there's an alien i have here on my desk that i've had for a while um, this guy right here and like the, the tactile response I get from this from just holding it and like fiddling it around in my hands like I remember things way more and I, I, I remember thinking back in school because I had a hard time in school and um, when I started doing well or whenever I would remember something that would like stick in my memories it was I was drawing something in the top right corner of a page like I was just doodling and I remembered everything the professor was saying that day I remember who I was sitting next to I remembered like it was like I was in a like I was in a simulation of something or like I was like literally there like I can take myself there and it's like I'm in the room so that's when I started realizing that that was such a big thing for me and it, it's it's environment like environment yes. is, is everything it's everything even from a scientific perspective like the environment is like the conditions of your experiment or the conditions of your equation. Like as soon as you change one of those things, that equation might not work in that way, but that doesn't mean we throw the equation out or we say that the equation doesn't work. It's, it's, you have to, and I think a lot of the problems start to go on a rant here, but I think a lot of the problems that we're having today with a lot of the things that are going on is that people are so used to one thing. And now when we're trying to change it, first of all, changes, damn near impossible to do very, very quickly because of that, because changing from what you're not used to. And when the majority of the people do things a certain way, it's going to be really hard to get the majority of people to change or to even understand a perspective that's different. Um, so, uh, I mean, I think, I think if we can give ourselves a break and like, yeah, call, you're talking about like calling it a disease or a disability. I, I, I've never really looked at it that way. And that's why I never really went out of my way to go like get diagnosed for it because like, okay, well, what, like, what is that going to, going to do for me? And I'm not, and I'm not, you know, if someone does need it, like it, if you need to do what you need to do, like, especially with everything you're going with, like if you really are having an issue with, um, with depression and anxiety right now, and you do need to go see, go, please go see a doctor, please go see somebody that you need to, to go see. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, there's the, the, just thinking about it that way, like for me would give me more anxiety about it. Right. So like, it wouldn't actually help me to know that I have it. Like, I just need to know that, okay, I think differently, you know, like, like, yeah. and, and in creating your environment around you that lets you succeed is amazing. That's everything that's happened to me in, in the working world, going from the theoretical, learning it in school, 
you know, doing really well on projects and working with people, but pretty much failing at everything else and having to work really hard to offset that. When I went into the working world, um, I started seeing success and it was like, whoa, this is weird. But um, I went to school for aerospace engineering, tried to work in aerospace. It didn't really work. It just didn't fit me. And that's fine. Um, and, and I'm not shutting it out for the future. Um, but I ended up working in 3D printing. And now it's like it's like it's it's like they you know, if I had the idea of there was something wrong with me before now that I'm in 3D printing, it's like, well, where was this before? Like, yeah. you know, it, it's almost like the door opened, like the sky opened in front of me, like I was in an enclosure and now I'm seeing the whole thing. And it's it's like night and day difference. But it's yeah. because I changed my environment. You know, that's such a big factor. Yeah. Yeah. But OK, <laughs> uh, let's let's do some um, uh, some science, some some stuff that's happened recently, uh, some rapid fire. Give me kind of your thoughts on it now a little bit afterwards. Um, we'll, we'll go down the list here. So um, we had the SpaceX DM-2 mission, so the first NASA astronauts to launch from American uh, spacecraft on American soil. Uh, happened recently. They came back. Uh, what 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 are you feeling now, even after all of that? What what's your takeaway of that? I mean, I, there's nothing negative. Like it's extremely positive experience for me. I mean, it's super super cool to see like this whole process coming from like. The whole, my whole journey of this started with the last mission of the shuttle, like my passion kind of sparked there. So then like seeing this full circle again, like the whole conceptual idea at that time was we're going to launch again from American soil. At that time, there was no SpaceX publicly known, like there was not even a thought that anyone was like, obviously Elon and there's probably a whole bunch of, bunch of stuff going on in the background, but like as the public, we had, there was nothing it did not exist to us yeah. so it was uh i think it was called like dream something dream sailor or dream something was the name oh, uh, that was, um, dream chaser dream chaser yes was the idea that was pitched at the time which yeah. was awesome and it's entirely different than what actually happened <laughs> yeah <laughs> and so seeing like that concept come to like life now is yeah. so exciting i just it's so cool. Like, it's a positive thing that came out of America this year. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> and it's, it's, we can actually be proud of, like, this moment. In, and it's not not just for, like, American history, even though that's absolutely amazing and a sense of mm -hmm. pride and everything that we put into. But it's also, like, this incredible step forward in the space industry and like the things we could do now like this opens right. so many doors like it's it makes it so much easier we have another space vehicle to tr have people we have all of this new opportunity for i mean we have an alliance with all these countries this is part of we co-mission with all these people so obviously this is going to be beneficial to everyone mm -hmm. um and so it's just amazing in that sense plus like just besides that like the spacecraft itself is so cool. The yeah. Dragon capsule. I mean, it's like of the sci-fi dreams. Like yeah. this is this is the spaceship that every nerd has ever wanted. It's <laughs> it's really cool. I mean, you can have your beef with the style or the lines or whatever, but it's like honestly, like this. This so cool. You've got the touchscreen and the backlighting and the everything is just just 
what we've ever wanted to see. <laughs> and so that's what's, I think, cool about it being made by the private sector mm. is having, like, you can make it, but it's not just, like, on government funding. Like, this is, right. we can actually do something and have it work, one, two, it has multiple capabilities. It's not just mm-hmm. for, like, he can use this vehicle. Obviously, it's the majority is going to be for science, but it can also mm-hmm. be for projects and whatever side person wants to hire it's not just a government right. contracted thing so it's like you, it's just anyways i love it it's amazing <laughs> yeah no and, and just touch on that like you know uh, one of the things that i've noticed online i don't know if you've noticed this too but um on, on space twitter at least i've noticed um there's this still this weird thing about like people that are, are nasa hardcores they, you know, there's this weird thing that happens where they start saying like, oh, well, the private industry, they're going to ruin us or they don't know what they're talking about. But the thing that's so underwritten and not really talked about is that since, I mean, for 10 years, NASA has been working closely with them to make sure that they're doing something that they want. So it's it, it's it's this weird struggle that that um, I, I'm not sure I'm not sure where it comes from, but um, I, it definitely I... seems like with the success, it's kind yeah. of died a little bit. Yeah, I think so. Like, personally, I know there's a lot of different opinions, but personally, I'm all for the private sector. Um, Obviously, you're going to have different objectives and point of views. I don't know where Virgin Galactic is going with their project Mm -hmm. um, other than tourism. Tourism, yeah. Um, So, (laughs) besides, like, do I really, would I, am I that hyped about it? I'm hyped about the the vehicles, the White Knight 2 and everything. Those Mm. are awesome. They're so cool. The functionality and the way, it's it's so different than any other launch vehicle that's, like, Mm. really being done right now. It's really cool to watch. The objective of it, nah, 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 not so hyped about, but it's, you know, so, I mean, like, there's different perspectives when it comes to the private sector. So, but I love it because you get ideas like that. Like, there's, you, what I, (laughs) having the ability to have people just create what they want to and not have the restrictions of necessarily a lab or what funding you can get for it. Mm. So many times scientists have ideas that they want to make, but then they're like, well, you can't make it because we don't want to pay for it. And it's this huge thing, struggling, Mm. and, and I've... All of that. You don't have it when you have a billionaire who just wants to spend money on a project. So mm-hmm. with that, you have these ingenuity that would never be seen before because yep. it's just like a lot of times, here's the money, make it work. And and then the scientists have these crazy ideas and they make the coolest things. And mm-hmm. then like, for example, with Virgin Galactic, we now have this launch vehicle that would never have been made before because no one would have funded that. Mm. But it's now like we can take bits and pieces and build onto other scientific projects. That's how they made the microwave. That's how they vaccines. This is how things are made. So that's why I'm like a huge fan of the private sector. It's like you get stuff like, like, I'm sorry, if NASA made the dragon capsule, it would not have looked like this. It would have looked this industrial, awesome, awesome vehicle but it would have not been what it is right now so it's like you get entirely different Mm -hmm. inputs into the scientific community it's like i don't know that's why i'm a huge part of it do we do i agree with everything that people make and no there's some stupid stuff (laughs) but it you you, it's this input that you would never get it's funny it's small i was gonna use a different word (laughs) (laughs) 
yeah, no. I, so I I agree with you. Um, and, and so what what you kind of get, and and I think you you said this just a second ago, that like the private sector just allows us to like make it. And I think that's been the biggest problem that NASA's had. If you just look at the history of it, like SLS, Space Launch System, is still in development. And the, what they're trying, and, and there's a reason why it's taking so long, is because they're trying to make it so that there's no way that there could be a, a loss of life in it. You know, they're like they're yeah. designing it to a, a safety factor that won't allow that to happen. Or, or even if something did happen, there's always a backup redundant system that will still be able to fire no matter how devastating the damages or whatever to get human beings out of the way to make sure that they're safe. Yeah. That is going to take a lot of money and a lot of time. And yeah. when you're strapped to trying to get money from politicians, it's going to take a long, a long time. And that's what we've yeah. seen, you know, um, uh, other news here. And I'd like to get your thoughts on it. Um, Starliner one, which is of course the, the Boeing half of the commercial crew program here. Um, so they're, uh, they're dreaming, uh, Starliner is going to be launching their first operational mission pretty soon, um, and they just added Dr. Jeanette Epps, uh, the astronaut, on the team, which I thought was a great move to see, um, you know, a, a female African-American added to the crew. Um, when people are watching, I thought it was a great move by um, Administrator Jim Bryanstein. Like, I think he's he's done such a good job of playing the political battle to get us to the point where we are now. And now he's start. I've noticed he's starting to listen to what what people like us that are fans of it, not specifically us, but the community <laughs> is interested in. Like, what are we excited about? And I know they got a lot of flack on the first time they tried to do the all female ISS mission, uh, the spacewalk. Yes. Um, they of course got that to work, and now they're they're being proactive on these things and actually uh, putting yeah. people in the place where, where they can be. Um, what, what were your, your takeaways of, of coming through that? I am super happy with that move. Like that's she's an amazing scientist. She's yeah. overqualified, and yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's, she should have been given a mission a long time ago. So like I have mixed feelings about it. And when I say mixed okay. feelings, um, I'll tell you why. And I am a very strong feminist. And so why my mixed feelings are is it's sad that it's a political movement to make people look. Mm. Um, it, we're doing it right now because we want the community to have favor with the policies and the mission. And so right now the trend is to have African-American women move. And she's been over qualified than some other people who have been put on missions. Not saying that they're not qualified. All mm -hmm. everyone who is on missions are extremely credible human beings. Yep. Um, it's just like she's getting it, it because she's a pawn. In mm. words, in in words, no, I'm, no, I'm, putting, I it a little, I'm yeah. putting it a little harshly, um, but I'm extremely happy for her. Like this is amazing, and I'm gonna love seeing everything that she's doing. Yeah. Um, at the, like so that's why when I say I have mixed feelings, it's kind of sad that this is. You said proactive. Yes, it's definitely proactive. More mm. proactive when they had the this the spacewalk like how can we have so much forethought about things but then not make things fit you i'm sorry right. <laughs> it's yeah. it's just funny in that sense um at the same time so it's like very much proactive like this is a such an advanced step especially at the same time we're so far behind, behind. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like so that's why i i'm and I, I hate to put it that way, but that's it's just like, yay. Um, and, and I think it's because I've gotten so much flack myself that it's just like, it's just, mm. 
it's it's hard to look at things and then it's like so it feels a little bit like a token action it is and it's a good token yeah. action like we yeah. should be making these token actions we should um at the same time in the environment that we're in it's like i hope we make them a little more and i hope i hope in the future we get to the point that it's not just like a this would be a really good political movement and it's just like a we do it because this person's worked their ass off um mm. kind of a thing if that makes sense so no it does it does and i think it goes back to our conversation earlier about environment like yes the the environment you know i, I so i i am by no means you know uh, a, a perfect person or anything like that but um i grew up with my aunts i grew up with uh you know many very smart brilliant women around me so i and I'm sure I have my biases. I'm sure that's the case. What is really surprising is this weird, um, it's just environment. There's, there are a lot of men that don't work with women. And so when they work <laughs> with women, and I've seen this, I've, I've had some, some of my, some of the, the bosses that I've enjoyed working with the most have been women. And uh, I, it's very interesting to see people have a hard time with that. Um, and I'm still learning, but like I said, I, I'm, yeah. I'm not the, the qualified person to talk about this, but I do, I do hear what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, that's where the, yeah, I, I find it an extremely positive thing, and I'm very excited about it, and, like, I'm so hyped, but that's how I feel. Eh, yeah. It's, yeah. And I hope, I, it's I, a, like, hope the trend yeah. continues and that it becomes yes. less of a token thing and more of a just, this, this is how things go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I hear you. Um, let's see. The Falcon 9. Um, six time uses on uh, Falcon 1049B. Um, for, for reusability, I mean, at this point, did, did you ever think that a Falcon 9 would get flown six times? No! <laughs> I mean, it's so cool. Uh, I've got, I'm frozen. Are you frozen? Uh, I, no, I'm good. Okay. Okay. But you did freeze it... a few minutes ago, so maybe it's just a lag in the connection. Okay. I think, okay, back to the Falcon 9. Yes. I think I never would have thought ever that it would have gotten flown six times like the the thought of it in the sense of like a a launch vehicle these things get torn to crap like yeah. they are going in and out of our environment which is so harsh and so like the fact that they're able to refurb and then reuse and it's not just a like this is a refurbished it might work <laughs> <laughs> right yeah like you ordered something that's refurbished online you're like Ooh, I don't exactly know. <laughs> exactly it's, this is like these are this the quality of these things are incredible it's absolutely it's so cool it gives me more uh hype for it every time mm. it's reused because it's like just really cool to see not just the engineering, because like that's awesome in its own. Everything that's gone into this, and the scientists who have poured their life into these projects. Mm -hmm. But it's also like I think, and the going back to like the tokenness, the American spirit, like the science community. It gives so much. Like we get emotionally attached to things. Yeah. <laughs> Planets and and, and so. <laughs> oh, we, oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Everything when when curiosity kind of went kaput. I think everyone sobbed for two days. So mm. I mean, it it gives it, having this. It gives a spirit to the mm. missions. I think also to like the science community, uh, science communication end of it. It mm. gives a lot of people like schools and kids a lot of like a uh, personality and character to these 
these missions mm. and a little bit more of like a rooting for all of this. And so I think it helps with the building of the hype way beside the whole engineering fact, which I know you cover all the right. time. And so like that factor of it, I think is like amazing for everyone to like kind of join in and feel more excited about it. Mm. No, I, yeah. What do you think about the scarring on the outside? Do you like seeing the, the fact that it's, it's come in and out uh, the, that many times of, of the I, atmosphere? freaking love it like it's yeah. so cool <laughs> it's so cool like i feel like i have like so many photos saved from like these different photographers who go mm. into the missions and stuff and they take like these up close like of the charred side and you can see the like the way that the the thermal dynamics were going up the side of it with the grid fins and all that stuff i'm like this is perfect <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like a visual representation of the dynamics of re-entry it's just really cool yeah Yes, yeah, yeah. It, it it brings it to life of like, oh wow, this is really dangerous. Yeah, yeah it's amazing yeah. it came back. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Um, uh, Neo wise, uh, I know I didn't have a chance because New England weather out here is is really difficult. Um, I know we we're talking about before, um, but but j talk about the challenges of of just because it's such an exciting thing like that comet's not coming back for a really long time. And I, and I was just excited that people were looking at it so I could catch a glimpse of it. Because out here, I mean, forget it. The We uh, we had a neighbor who had a uh, uh, telescope out to, to the last the last few weeks to kind of try and catch stuff. Not Neowise, of course, at this point. But um, but it's so difficult out here. How, how has it been uh, over there? Normally, California is really, really good at mm. viewing the stars. And it's really fortunate in that sense because we have super clear weather. Like I said in the very beginning, it doesn't really rain at all, but the smoke has been super bad. <laughs> and so during like the Neowise like span of time, I pulled out my telescope a few times to try and catch it. And um, when I did like say it was going to be clear weather and either two things happened. This is the desert. So think of it this way. You have to have like the right uh, dry enough conditions because what happens is I get a lot of like, um, I, it, you get the def deflections in like the environment so you have a lot mm. of heat rising and then the sun setting so the sky is super cold oh. so you get like this kind of diffused wobbly look um and it's hard you have to catch like the it has to be right at that dew point just as the sun is setting um when things start to like show up in the sky mm. you get a little bit of moisture just a little bit and so it adds mm. like the this weird phenomenon in the sky where things get like we get a lot of like the um rings around the moon and i can't think mm. of the word of it but a lot of that because of those environments um and so the few nights that it was clear from the smoke i did pull it out and that happened i didn't get like actually a clear i never got to saw, see it so it's funny just because you have in theory a clear sky doesn't mean mm. that it's, it's viewing things in the space you're you're inside of the ecosystem of Earth. You're trying to look through the atmosphere out into space at something. It's very, very hard environment. Like yeah. that's the, the perfect timing, perfect conditions. So it's, it's hard and it sucks sometimes when you miss stuff, but it happens. Yeah. No, no, it, it's so true. And I think that's why things like Hubble have, have been so important because you take yourself out of having to look through the atmosphere to actually catch anything. You could just do it in space, which see this no atmosphere um <laughs> which is which is good but no the like the details like the what's funny is i've heard some other people talk about this online i think rose was talking about this uh the other day um about um 
even though we all may be like into astronomy or into science and into space, like we we all don't necessarily know how to look at everything. Like I've, you know, I, I only had my first viewed my first rocket launch, you know, in, in the last year and I went to school for it. Right. I never even saw one before I learned about it. Um, and the same goes with like looking to the sky. Like there's so many little techniques that you you learn by doing it. Like, for instance, the thing that I always do whenever I bring my telescope out is I've got it in a, in a, a nice hot room and then I bring it outside and it's cold and now everything gets foggy. And I'm like, oh, OK, I got to wait another hour for this to, to resell. <laughs> like little things like that you don't know unless you do it. Um, yeah. what, what's um, um, is there something that that's something like that where it's like, oh, once you did, you were like, oh, now now I know. It's it's funny because like this seems ridiculous because like you should know and I like I saw I think there was someone on Twitter who said and it was in the science community who said like what's that one thing maybe it was Jason there was somebody who said mm. like you feel like in your industry there's something you should know but you still really suck at it mm. and so like everyone's kind of saying and like for me I guess like when it comes to my telescope. <clears throat> Remembering the power on the eye bases. <laughs> oh. oh, yeah. <laughs> I always get it mixed up and I'm like trying to see an object and I'm like, why is everything so blown up? It's just like, <laughs> I get so I have to start Googling again. What is this and what is that? And it's just, it's, I feel like I should have this memorized by now, but I don't know. <laughs> so it's funny. I should probably like mark on the container. Um, Speaking of which, I have an awesome tip, which I found people probably know this because they're those nerds, you know, this kind of stuff. But for my eyepieces, what I did was you can buy these super swanky, like, boxes for keeping everything, like, dry and no mm -hmm. dust and everything. But those are expensive. Expensive, yeah. Really expensive. So what I did, I'll show you. I grabbed... Um, So what I did was I went to Harbor Freight, and this is actually a handgun case. Nice. <laughs> because, because it is protected from, like, moisture. It's sure. moisture blocking. So it has, like, a pressure seal and a lock. Harbor and Freight, then, by the way, everyone doesn't know, is, like, the best place for anything that you need cheap. Like, as, as an engineer or someone that works in something, <laughs> Harbor Freight is, like, my first place. I'm like, okay, is this good enough for me to use? Like, it's cheap. Is this going to work for me? This is, this is good. You never know. Like, especially when you're buying, like, tools in millimeter, you're like, it's probably not accurate, but yeah. it might work. But do I need the accuracy? <laughs> <laughs> Yes. So I think this was like twenty bucks. And so inside it has like the like little foam. Oh, awesome! Like, oh yeah. Right? So the yeah the foam and you can like t uh, yeah it's like serrated so you can you can exactly. make shapes. You can, like, yeah. So yeah. like this is like a perfect. It keeps nothing from like the moisture getting in or anything like that. So awesome. That is a little pro tip I found. It's actually pretty cheap for like keeping my pieces good. That's a great idea. Yeah. So just random. Dude, thank you. Um, so, uh, closing thoughts, because I think we, we, we've done a, a good episode here so far. Thanks again for coming on. Um, but, yeah, closing thoughts. Is there anything um, on, on your mind that you'd like to, to let people know? Um, I think I'd just recap a little bit, and that's, like, one, give yourself a break. Um, mm. There's, like, this, when you're really not doing well, there's a slogan, hungry, angry, lonely, tired, halt. If you're one of those three things and you're just like super grumpy, a shitty day, whatever it is, 
halt, take a minute, think, am I hungry? Am I, if I'm hungry, what, what am I craving? Because the huge thing is like, if I'm craving sugar, you're probably low in potassium. Like all of these things, you know, like, mm. what am I craving? What is my body? My body is going to, your body's going to tell you everything you need. Um, and then, so like, if you're tired, if you're thirsty, if you're hungry, a lot of times you're thirsty. Mm -hmm. uh, we're just used to eating things, but really we should get something to drink. Um, it's the little things. Listen to that. Uh, mm. it, it's a huge difference. You might, maybe you just need a nap. Maybe you're at work and you can't take one, but when you get home, it's okay to just take those tasks you had to do, do it tomorrow. Your body is important. If you don't take care of it today, you won't be able to do it tomorrow. And that's both a mental and a physical thing. Like, as you just, this is, you got to, uh, right now, I think if you're having any, like, abnormal depression or anxiety or anything, those feelings are very valid. I had someone tell me that today or yesterday. Mm. They're like, your feelings are very valid. Everyone's feeling this. There's value in it. It's important. And there's nothing wrong with it. Mm -hmm. Like, it's okay. Um, I had to reach out to my clients and say, hey, <laughs> I don't know when this is going to get done. I will give you your money back if you want it. Because I normally have a four-day turnaround time, mm -hmm. and I, I'm not meeting that. So, like, it, I, sometimes you have to give yourself a break, and you can't guilt yourself for that. Yeah. Um, and then at the, the other thing is, like, just hang on. We'll figure it out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Humans do that. We'll yeah. figure out a way to solve this problem, um, both with the pandemic, both with politics, with depression, with all of these things. At some point, there'll be an answer. And everything we are doing in our lives kind of inputs that because we analyze the data. That's what mm. scientists do. We analyze it. So if we're all functioning in certain ways, trying to cope, we are we are the data. And so just mm. the much as we can, we got to step forward. We got to hear what other people are saying and sometimes have that validness to it. Like, yes, it's OK, I feel like this and I have no reason. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and then I would say. To just because it's a personal point for me <laughs> about like the whole, like don't let people pick on you, whether they say you have a disability or any of those things, just because you're different mm -hmm. and you literally can't. It's this a huge thing. And it's been more and more something that I've been trying to communicate and find a good way. I do the science communication, but I find that so many people who have like, some sense of creativity or a scientific mindset have some kind of a disability mm. with the way that they think. And it's not, I hate that word for these things because it doesn't disable us from anything. Um, and most disabilities are misconceived anyways. We don't have, so a lot of people are trying to give light to what it means to have different conditions. Mm. Um, and so I just don't like that word in general, but especially when it comes to having dyslexia or ADHD or anything like that, like where brains just work differently and we have to be okay with that and learn how we function. That's it. Um, how, how, and, do we, how do we able ourselves? Correct. Yeah, that's really what the conversation should go. It's like the conversation yes. ends at, oh, I'm disabled or I've got this. <laughs> but really what we're trying to say is, okay, you're just learning different. Okay, what do we need to do to, make, to enable you to do? It's Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like, especially people who are in school or in a job environment that need it to be done a specific way. Mm. Um, if you have the environment to say to somebody, hey, um, I understand this is how you want it. 
this is how I function and think if you want me to have this done correctly, like if you want my grades to be good or if you want me to learn this lesson or if you want me to do this job well or have the end goal, I this is how you want me to do it. This is a suggestion of how I best work. If you mm. don't have the environment that's accepting to something like that, I think you have to do it quietly. You have to find like you have the end goal of what it is you need mm. to achieve and you have to see how they want it. But then you also have to know like this is how this is how I function. You know, I, you can't try, you, you can't force yourself into something else. It's unhealthy, mm-hmm. number one, mentally. And, and two, you can't function that way. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it just is. Um, yeah, so I think, I think with that, I would just end it with, like, being nerdy is pretty darn cool. Yes, <laughs> I think that everyone out there who finds, like, all of these topics interesting it's because they are awesome like there's some really cool things about it and i think we all kind of encourage each other and i think as scientists or people who are analytical brains check in on your other analytical brained people Mm -hmm. you know i don't think we function very well on our own and taking care of ourselves Mm -hmm. so it does a long way to send somebody a text or an email or a phone call or a discord message and say hey how are you doing and you know it goes a really long long way it says a lot about somebody so i think in this time it's totally okay if you have a friend who might be that kind of person who works in the lab or works at home a lot send them a message they might be doing okay but that message on their end seeing that someone's thinking about them means a lot it does i know you've sent me those messages and it's meant Mm -hmm. a lot to me so yeah. Yeah, man. No, uh, and I think that's a great message. Um, just to close out the episode, uh, tell everybody where they can find you online. Yes. My website is juliakaliski.design, and I have everything on there. Or if you want to look at my social media, it's just at Julia Kaliski. Uh, and I have all my links there. I have Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Discord, all that kind of stuff. Um, and yeah, so my products are available online right now, mostly based towards space themed. I'm wearing my own apparel now. Um, and it's just a bunch of nerdy stuff. And I kind of want to make an environment of what I talked about. And that is like, don't let people divine you of who you are. Let yourself express yourself and what you feel comfortable with. And so I wanted to make an apparel line that's kind of like, uh, neutral. Anybody can wear it. Uh, it doesn't matter who you are or what you identify as. It's just a matter of feeling comfortable in your own skin. And that's what I wanted to help people feel. So if you yeah. want to check out my work and what I make, that's kind of where I'm at. Um, <laughs> awesome. And, Everybody, please yeah. yeah, please go check it out. Um, Julia, as always, thank you for coming on. Uh, it was a pleasure talking with you um, and sharing. I really appreciate you sharing all that with us. No problem. Thank you for having me, Alex. I always have so much fun talking to you, and it makes me feel like, yeah, this is awesome. Like, I feel so encouraged. <laughs> I hope Thank I you. hope it's a little bit of a recharge. Um, <laughs> I know it was for me, so, um, good. yeah. Good luck with everything. Um, everybody, have a great week. Spread love, spread science, and we'll see you next time for another episode of Today's Space. Bye. See ya.